Hey, everybody, this is Fred Ricciani of the TSC News Podcast. I sincerely appreciate y'all checking us out. For those wondering how you can access us, we're everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Google, you name it, we're on it. We also have an official YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the sports courier. Or you could just search my name, Fred Ricciani, or TSC News. Be sure to enable notifications so you never miss an update. We're also on Instagram at TSC News, Twitter at Sports Courier, Facebook.com slash the Sports Courier. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the latest TSC audio. All right, we are now being joined by Lima Lay McFarlane. Once again, we'll begin with a few questions from within the room. Whenever you're ready, Nolan, go ahead. Lima Lay, obviously a difficult decision tonight. Um, talk to me about what you're feeling right now. It's your first professional loss and, and first time as champion losing your belt, so... Uh, what are the emotions right now going through you? Man, this is like a first, a lot of things. I don't think I've ever bled like this before or broken my nose or cut open. So, uh, yeah, no, this is cool. I mean, honestly, this is in a weird, really weird way. Um, this is kind of always what I felt like I needed in my career. You can't just always keep winning and, and excelling. You know, you have to, you have to hit some type of plateau or, or something, you know? So um, I'm actually really happy that this happened or I'm like relieved that, okay, this is what it feels like to lose. Is that, like, is that like a strange realization to you at all? I mean, hearing it, it's, it's a little surprising. You don't really hear that often from champions that just lost their belt. So is, is it kind of, uh, even for you, kind of an odd feeling? Um, yeah, I suppose. I mean, it's, it's uh, like I always say, going into all my fights, like, I'm going to lose this fight. I'm going to lose this fight. And then it actually happens. I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay. I really lost this fight. And, uh, but, you know, I've always felt that how you respond to any adversity is what really makes you, you know? And like, so I, I just, I'm good. I'm so good right now. I feel more bad for my fiance that he had to watch me get all bloodied up. This is his first fight that he's ever watched me fight. Uh, so sorry, babe, but I totally, I promise I'm okay. Well, I'm dad. I'm okay. These are tears of like relief. You know, it's, it's hard being the champion. It is hard being the champion. It's hard being it for so long. So I'm really grateful for this experience in this moment. And I'm, I'm assuming part of this maybe relief is realizing what's going to come out of it. So do you feel like this is going to motivate you kind of kickstart you, maybe take you to places that you haven't been before? Yeah. You know, it's, um, Sometimes I feel like as champion, you kind of don't get that luxury of, um, I guess, like choosing your fights or, or you know, like, uh, I don't know, I guess taking like really crazy fights. Like I've always wanted to, to be that fighter that takes a fight on two weeks notice, you know, and uh, I guess just you really do almost have some more freedom when you're not at the top. So I'm, ex I'm excited for this next chapter. And I was joking with my corner. I was like, yay, that means I don't have to train for five rounds anymore in camp. I can have a three round camp, you know? And then I was like, well, you know, there might be a rematch or maybe we'll do a tournament. So sh I guess I'm still gonna have to train for five rounds, but yeah, it just seems like there's a little bit more flexibility when you're not the champ. And you mentioned the word relief. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that come with having the bell, you're on posters, you're having shows in Hawaii, there's a lot going on. So is, is it, Kind of, 
for you? Are you almost like happy to be able to kind of take a break from that for a second and, and maybe take a re- hit the reset button? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's not to say that like, you know, I think even if I'm not the champ, I'm still going to be headlining a show in Hawaii. <laughs> like I can't not, you know, fight on the Hawaii card. So it's okay. I know that Hawaii's going back. And I was, I was telling like the production team, I was like, you guys, I promise I'm going to try with the belt back just so we could go to Hawaii. I'm doing it for you guys. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, this is definitely not the end of uh, Bellator Hawaii, and it's not the end of the road for me either. Yeah, so you, I heard you mention the tournament. You still got your fingers crossed that that's going to be the next move? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, And I think it's, it um, was going to or should happen regardless of, of who the champion is. I think, uh, you know, our division's really sick, and people would love to see a tournament. Last one for me. Uh, the, the matchup itself, when you were in there, what what was it ab- about her and the matchup that she presented to you that you, you kind of str- struggled with? You know, what, what, what yeah. do you think the issue was that you're walking away? You're like, hey, I got to fix this. Um, it was definitely like way too long trying to feel her out. You know, in between rounds, I'm talking about corner. I'm like, eh, like she doesn't hit that hard, or like, oh, she wasn't that strong on the ground. But it's like it still took me too long. You, you can't spend an entire round trying to figure that out, you know? Um, and yeah, I think I was just, um, I just tried the feeling out process for too long, but not to take away from her performance. Like when she did land, she freaking hit me like a brick, you know? I think, yeah, on that knee, I just saw the flying knee. I didn't even, it didn't even register that it hit until I walked to the corner and I just felt my nose pour. And I was like, Oh shit. Like she really hit me on that one. She landed that. Um, uh, so yeah, just too much feeling out, and uh, but she, yeah, she was prepared. Don't get me wrong; she was very, very prepared. Um, actually, one more. Think yeah. it's think it's broken, you know? Oh yeah, it's yeah. totally broken. And I'm like, I would always joke too that I didn't think I was anatomically able to break my nose because I have like a flat Hawaiian nose from my mom, but that shit broke tonight. So <laughs> I have to go, and they're like, you're gonna have to go get stitched up. And I'm like, but I need to play the slots. Like I'm on the 5:30 shuttle. I don't have time to go to the hospital. <laughs> so I think I'm gonna get stitched up when I go back to San Diego. Thanks. Thanks. All right, we'll take a few more questions here. Jay Anderson. Hey, Lima. Thanks very much. I appreciate you taking the time uh, tonight. Um, I'm just wondering, heading into the fifth round, uh, what your thoughts were and what your corner said to you uh, going into that final frame. Honestly, I knew, well, I knew I was losing the fight going to the fifth round and I knew she knew that. So I knew that, you know, they were going to really, my only chance was uh, trying to take her down like I did in the fourth. So I knew that they were just going to be prepared for it. Like watch out for her desperation, take downs, you know? Um, but yeah, I knew, I knew I was losing it going into the fifth round. And you do sound almost relieved to have some of the pressure of being champ off you. And I, I know you mentioned the tournament as a possibility, but would you want some time off now? Like what's kind of the plan moving forward in your mind? Yeah, I think I'm going to take a little break. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just laughing. This is an inside joke with my team. But yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a break. Uh, but, you know, I do like that. Uh, it, well, it's interesting because as champ, I really liked that twice a year. Uh, schedule that I had Uh, you know it gave me time to put in a solid camp and and do my other stuff that I do in the you know outside of the cage like my charity and everything but um, now that I'm not the champ again like I said I would love to be one of those fighters that takes takes fights on on a couple weeks notice or you know so I think uh, I think actually being more active is um, would be a good option for me. Keith? 
Hey, Elena, it's Keith Schillen from SureDog. Uh, good to talk with you again. Uh, so one thing that really impressed me, me tonight with you is just your character, your sportsmanship afterwards is so impressive. It seemed like Twitter was all saying the same thing. I think it shows right now that, you know, it's very rare for fighters after a loss to talk in the media, but you're willing to do that. Like, why are you willing to do that? Why do I do it? Um, I really, I, I really like Juliana. I've always liked her. I've always liked how respectful she was to people. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, you could see, you could see how grateful and emotional she was afterwards. I'm like, I'm genuinely happy for her. You know, this isn't fake. This is me. Like, she's going to be an amazing champion. Um, so I think it had a lot to do with her, uh, my opponent. You know, if it, was so, if it was someone else I didn't like, I'll probably be like, whatever. I don't give a shit. I'll walk out, you know. But um, her as a person, I think uh, she's going to do really amazing. Um, and also, like, this game isn't just about winning and losing and being a champion, you know, like, Bellator, I know this one. Oh, I don't want to be presumptuous, but I know this one kind of hurts for a lot of a lot of people in Bellator because I'm, you know, I'm I'm really have a good relationship with a lot of people. Um, I consider them my family, so, um, you know, I can't just if I walked out, I would just be writing off everyone else here, everyone in Bellator who who, uh, you know, has built me up and and gave me this opportunity and has treated me so well, so. Yeah, again, like, I'm not just going to be a sourpuss and, and walk away from all of this. This is still part of the journey, and this is still um, part of my story. My last question, and first of all, that response was absolutely incredible. Uh, my last question, I know you got to get out of here. You just said how hard it was being a champion. Other champions have said similar things. You just talked about how much you like Juliana. I know she's still, you know, a future opponent. You don't want to give her too much advice, but from one champion to another – what advice would you give her uh, to make her road as a champion easier? Um, you know, she already said it, uh, uh, that she doesn't want to be a champion just inside the cage. She wants to be a champion outside. And I think that's like one of the most important things um, uh, as not just a champion or as a fighter, but just as a person, you know? So she already, she's already on the right path. Um, that's exactly what I would have told her, is to carry yourself like a champion outside of the cage. Be, being a champion outside of the cage is more important than what you do inside the cage. So she's already, uh, she's already got down. All right, we are now being joined by Juliana Velasquez. We'll begin with a few questions from within the room. Go ahead, Nolan. Juliana, congratulations on the win. Talk to me about how it feels to be sitting up there, the new champion, you got your belt in front of you. Thank you. Ah, é, primeiro lugar, obrigada. É, eu tô me sentindo muito bem. Eu acho que tava faltando isso na minha carreira. Eu tava indo atrás disso. Eu sei que só a vitória não 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 é importante. Acho que às vezes a derrota também é importante, mas eu tô numa fase muito boa. Então, eu tava sentindo que era para ser meu esse cinturão, né? Ele tava me aguardando. E hoje, graças a Deus, ele veio com paciência, como sempre eu tive. Yeah, thank you very much uh, for congratulating me. But uh, yeah, I feel that, you know, I, I feel you learn a lot from your wins. You also learn a lot from your losses too. Um, but, I'm, you know, I feel that this my time is now. Um, I feel I performed well. And, and I always knew that uh, 
I had the potential to be a champ, and uh, tonight I just tried, I just you know showed that. And what do you think the difference was in the fight? Um, it seemed like a, a pretty, I don't want to say, you know, overly dominant decision, but you, you did best there for most of the fight. So talk to me about what you thought was the difference maker in that fight. Eu acho que a diferença, eu acho que acho que logo no começo da luta eu consegui conectar um direto nela e eu senti que ela sentiu a, a, a minha mão, né? Então, nessa hora, eu, eu senti que dava para eu manter ela distante de mim. E quando ela chegou perto, eu vi que ela é perigosa. Então, eu tive que me manter mais forte na trocação e com muita paciência. Acho que esse foi o diferencial. Yeah, I felt the difference was that in the beginning of the fight, um, I hit her with a couple strikes and I can tell that she, she didn't like it. So I, I kept doing that um, to maintain my distance. And uh, because I, I knew that she could be dangerous if she got in close, which in the fourth round, she showed that uh, once she got me to the ground, uh, she kind of controlled me a little bit there. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I believed in myself and, um, and here I am. I know the, after the weigh-ins yesterday, you dedicated this fight to your brother. And, and how, how much more special does this make this moment? And, and more, you know, how important was it for you to go out there and, and do what you did? I know that after the weigh-ins you dedicated this fight to your brother. And how important was it for you to go out there and do what you did? Since I entered the organization, I dedicate all my fights to my brother. I say that... Eu tenho né, meu irmão no meu braço, que é o meu braço mais forte, que é o esquerdo, e fiz a asa de anjo, que para mim ele é o meu anjo da guarda, e eu tenho certeza que hoje ele está aqui. Então, eu poder dedicar isso a ele e ter a certeza que ele está aqui comigo, sim, eu tenho certeza disso, é uma sensação, caramba, é, acho que é indescritível dizer a emoção que eu tenho ao falar do meu irmão e poder dedicar isso a ele hoje. Ever since I got into uh, this organization, I've dedicated all of my fights to my brother. I have a tattoo of my brother on my left arm because it's my most powerful arm. My strikes are more powerful with my left. Or, yeah, with my left. And, uh, and I have a tattoo of an angel wing on my arm because I knew that he's always with me. So uh, I, I felt him here to know that he was here. Um, it's actually indescribable what it, what it felt like. Yeah. And uh, just looking forward, uh, I know Alima Lei was very outspoken about she wanted a, a flyweight tournament. Is that something that you're hoping comes next? Are you hoping that the Bellator chooses 100, the women's 125-pound division as the next tournament division? Uh, adversário falou que uh, ela estava pensando em querendo um torneio da sua categoria. Isso é uma, uma coisa que interessa fazer um torneio. Sim, é, é, acho que é sempre, é sempre muito interessante, né? A gente está mudando. Né, e fazer um GP, eu acho que é uma coisa bem interessante, a gente vai ter oportunidade de lutar com mais atletas né, e conhecer, uma, conhecer mais, então eu acho que seria de, de grande ajuda, seria de uma grande oportunidade ter essa, 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 esse GP. Yeah, I would love to have a tournament. I, I feel that uh, it would be great to do that sort of a, a tournament format and changing things up. We would get to take a look at a, a lot of different fighters depending on how the fights went in, in, in the tournament. So, um, yeah, I, I would definitely be interested and excited if, if Bellator chose to do a 125-pound flyweight female tournament. Thanks. All right, we're going to take a couple of questions from the media joining us virtually tonight. Go ahead, Donna. 
Juliana, congratulations on a, on an incredible performance. Of course, Alimale was a legendary champion, not just for her uh, many title defenses and her brilliant performances, but also for what she did outside of the cage. She was an incredible ambassador for women's MMA. She was an incredible ambassador for uh, for, for where she's from, her hometown. Do you plan to continue that tradition and inspire uh, inspire young girls with your work outside of the uh, the cage as much as uh, as much as she did when she was champion? Sim, sim. Acho que o verdadeiro campeão não é só ali dentro, né? É, é, são as atitudes do lado de fora que faz o verdadeiro campeão. É, eu prego isso sempre. É, no Rio de Janeiro, onde eu moro, eu, te, eu ajudo algumas, algumas, algumas ONGs, algumas instituições, e dessa vez não vai ser diferente. Hoje, pô, a gente está pertinho do Natal, eu espero poder levar alegria para as pessoas que, de onde eu moro, com esse cinturão, crianças que hoje estão nos hospitais. Né? Eu sempre faço isso desde que meu irmão faleceu, eu faço isso a ele também. E eu pretendo levar muita alegria às pessoas com, com esse título. Yes, I believe a champion's responsibility is not only how you perform inside the cage, but also outside the cage. I felt that the last champion did a very good job, and and I will too. Um, I, you know, I work a lot with sick children in the hospitals, and 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 I'm excited to come back to Brazil and um, show my community and 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 the people around my house. Uh, where I live, uh, the belt, and and you know, and and kind of give back to them uh, because they've always supported me through my whole life. Once again, my my last one. Uh, in terms of your your brother, if he were here tonight, what do you think he would say to you? Se teu irmão estava aqui hoje, o que que tu acha que ele ia falar para você? Eu primeiro eu acho que ele ele tá ele tá aqui, ele tava aqui. Eu tenho certeza que hoje ele tá aqui atrás de mim me sacaneando. É, falando que eu que eu não fiz mais que minha obrigação, que eu sou forte porque eu puxei isso dele, porque ele é o mais velho. E eu acho que é isso. Acho que ele ia tá ele tá ia tá zombando com a minha cara, sempre se vangloriando e dizendo que eu sou isso tudo graças a ele, porque eu puxei os genes dele. <laughs> yeah, uh, she said, my brother was here tonight. Uh, he was here, and, uh, and, but if he was here talking to me, uh, he would probably be making fun of me like he always did, telling me that uh, the reason I'm so great and strong is because of him, because he's the older brother, and, and she received all those genes from him. So I, I did feel him here tonight, and I know that, If he was here, he would just be making fun of me and telling me that uh, I didn't do anything more than what he expected. Gareth? Um, hi, Juliana from London. Many congratulations on your victory. It's amazing to see your happiness and your sadness together, uh, your emotion tonight. Um, I just wanted to ask you, um, would you like to see a flyweight tournament now? And given your size as a flyweight, are you also going to go up the divisions? Um, ela falou parabéns, foi super interessante ver a tua felicidade também com a tua tristeza no momento da cama ali, mas uh, parabéns e, e, um, e outra coisa, o que você acha de fazer num torneio um, na tua categoria? 
Ah, obrigada, primeiramente. E acho que seria sempre, é sempre interessante, né? A gente está inovando. Acho que seria uma coisa muito interessante. Nós temos at grandes atletas nessa categoria. E eu acho que o, o torneio seria, seria incrível. E eu gostaria muito. Se, se depender do meu voto, eu voto sim. Thank you very much. Uh for the kind words and really what um, I would love the idea of a, of a flywitter. I think there's a lot of talented 125 pound females and uh, I would love the opportunity to, to compete like that. And were you, finally for me, were you surprised how easily you were able to handle Ilima tonight? Because you seemed physically dominant, mentally dominant, and she didn't seem to get inside your fortress, if you like. Na verdade, eu nem sei. Eu juro que eu ainda não, acho que eu ainda não realizei. Eu não, eu não lembro nem de, nem muito bem da luta ainda, né? Eu tenho que parar para olhar. Mas eu não, eu acho que não sei se eu dominei totalmente a luta assim, né? Eu tomei uma queda. É, a Elimilei é uma grande atleta. Né, ela, ela sabe muitos, ela tem muitos recursos, ela também me inibiu um pouquinho, mas eu acho que eu consegui só manter a distância, acho que, é, acho que foi isso, eu não sei, não, não sei se eu diria que eu dominei totalmente a luta não, mas eu fiz o melhor que eu pude ali dentro. I think I was able to uh, keep my distance, which was very beneficial, but she did take me down and, and um, she did win a round or two on some of the judges' scorecards. So I felt that the difference was me being able to maintain my distance. Um, but as far as being completely dominant, I don't think I, I, I was completely dominant. I, I believe that there's some things that I can improve on and, and I will. Last one here, Keith. Hey, Juliana, congratulations on the victory in the championship. Uh, my, my only question for you is, you just mentioned that you said that, you know, one of the judges had one, one round for her, two of the judges had two rounds for her. While you were waiting to find out the scores, what was going through your mind? Because it seemed like it was a really long wait. Uh, one of the judges gave one round for her, and two judges gave two rounds for her. What was going on in your head? Ah, quando você estava esperando eles dar os pontos, assim, você, porque pareceu que demorou muito. É, então, é, mas eu acho que eu estava com certeza que eu tinha vencido a luta, eu tinha certeza que eu tinha perdido um round, né, pelo score, o meu professor estava me falando ali que eu tinha perdido um round, então, eu, ali no momento que acabou a luta eu me desliguei, eu nem prestei atenção para falar a verdade, mas a certeza que eu tinha vencido era, e eu acho realmente que ela mereceu, um, ganhou um round, né? Foi merecido, mas eu acho que eu dominei, a, acho que assim, eu ganhei os quatro rounds ali. Um, I was fairly confident that I won the fight. I was pretty confident during the fight. My coach told me that he for sure thought that I lost one round, and I believe that uh, I, I lost one round. I don't know about losing two, but that's the way the judges saw it. But, um, but yeah, I, I was pretty confident after the fight that I had won the fight. All right, thanks for the time, Juliana. Congratulations. All right, we are now being joined by Scott Coker. We'll begin with a few questions from within the room. Go ahead, Nolan. 
Scott, you have a new champion. Pretty impressive performance by Juliana Velasquez. Kind of give me your take and uh, how does it feel that to, to have her representing you, uh, you know, on the banner with the, the belt and everything? Yeah, I mean, um, we, you know, we've been watching her for a long time, followed her, have her fight here. She is uh, an amazing fighter and a dangerous fighter. And I think what you saw today ended up being a technical fight because, you know, Alima was moving away from her power, moving to, to her left. Juliana's trying to chase her down and, uh, you know, Alima's going for the takedown and uh, she got caught a couple of times. But at the end of the day, I think that she did win the fight and fair and square. Uh, and she did what she had to do. Um, and the nice thing is I really like fighters that are martial artists. And I feel that, uh, you know, Juliana will be a good champion for Bellator. And she'll do a lot of great things, not inside, just inside the cage, but outside the cage as well. So very happy and proud to have her as, as our champion. And on the flip side of that, you talk about martial artists. It seemed like I think, I think you were here to, to hear Lima Lay's comments afterwards. Um, what do you take away from that? A champion that just lost their belt to kind of have that attitude that of... of mm -hmm. uh, and like she said, relief and, and kind of uh, optimism going forward. Yeah, you know what? I mean, there's a there's a certain amount of stress that comes with being the champ, right? Because everybody's coming after you, and you're you're on top of the mountain, and here comes everybody trying to hunt you down. And so, you know, that pressure is going to be gone. But I I know she'll be back, and she'll come back strong. She's a great fighter, great talent. She's been great for us. And um, you know, it's uh, it wasn't her night. It didn't work out. And that's just how the chips fall in this business. Co-main event, Magomed Magomedov, mm -hmm. uh, one of your big signings that you made recently. Looked really good. Dominant performance against a tough guy. What, what kind of addition uh, did you see to the Bantamweight division tonight? Yeah, I mean, that guy is uh, he, he is a beast. I mean, he's going to be dangerous for anybody. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Juan Archuleta and all the other 135-pounders were watching tonight, and they're going to have their hands full. This kid is amazing, and uh, he hasn't fought in a couple of years. So uh, this one under his belt, I'm sure he'll be calling next week looking for another fight. Uh, and we'll try to get him back in there as soon as possible. But uh, he's going to be a dangerous, uh, you know, contender in that division. So um, I'm excited about that. So we talk about 135 on the rise, women's 125 on the rise. Um, after seeing what happened tonight, is there any specific way you're leaning? I know we've talked a lot about the tournaments recently, but uh, did, they, did either of those fights twist your arm one way or another? You know, I'll tell you... Um, I think we have some choices here, you know, but, you know, I think that uh, every, everybody is in contention as far as what, what weight class. I think we have two or three different divisions. Uh, we just haven't decided yet. We'll probably announce something in January or February, but we have a little bit of time because, you know, we have the Sanchez Pitbull fight, you know, sometime uh, in the first quarter of next year. Then we'll have the finals of the tournament, AJ versus the winner uh, of those two. And then, uh, you know, then, so we have, you know, three, four, five months. So we have time to figure it all out and, uh, and we'll, we'll do, we'll do the right thing. And do you think we'll get some sort of event 2021 event scheduled in the next couple of weeks? Is that kind of the plan? Yeah, I think that, um, we'll probably have something either late, uh, this month or maybe early next month, but, uh, you know, we're scheduled to do our uh, normal amount of events and it's just how we're going to schedule and what night we're going to go and, you know, we'll figure all that out. But um, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of movement and, uh, but good movement. And I think we have a lot of exciting things to announce uh, early next year. And we'll likely be back here at Mohegan, do you think? I mean, listen, this is our, our home for now. And, um, you know, I, I honestly, I, as much as I love it here, I can't wait to go back out on the road and start selling tickets and, you know, and, and doing fights in big arenas with people in the building. Because as, as great as this event was, because from top to bottom, you know, I, I think we had some amazing fights tonight. Um, and 
it just, you know, it still feels a little bit different to me than having a full crowd and full arena, you know, full of people cheering. So I'm looking forward to that and getting back to that as soon as possible. I want to ask you too. A lot of people are on Twitter. We're talking about the zone and what happened with that going into this event, um, especially Canada. It seemed like a lot of Canadian people were asking me to ask you where they can watch Bellator now. And can, can you give us any update on what, what's going on with the zone and, and just that whole thing? Well, I think we're just trying to figure it out, you know, with them. And uh, I think we have something scheduled to uh, have a conversation with them, but you know, we, we definitely have some things to figure out uh, moving forward. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that's it for me. All right, we'll take a right, few we'll more here. Mark, go ahead. Um, hey, Scott. Uh, first of all, kind of, kind of, give me your thoughts about the way that Lima Lima reacted in her loss. It seemed like she was very, she was very respectful of of losing the championship to a, a gal like Juju. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, um, I think they were both emotional. I think that uh, you know Juliana as well. I mean, they were both emotional, and you know, she started crying. Juliana started crying in the cage, and. And I think that Alima really was touched by the respect that she was given by the new champion. And uh, I think that's what you were seeing in the cage. And right now, I think there's going to be a lot of free agents coming into 2021. Tell me kind of your, your, your thoughts on that and the, the idea that, you know, you're probably going to have a lot of fighters that uh, you could possibly sign in 2021 to make some exciting cards. Tell me a little bit about that. You know, I'll tell you, we're going to pick and choose the fighters that we bring into our roster because you know, I said this for the last, you know, two, three months is like, we're very happy with our roster. And we have a roster that I think from, you know, all the, all the different weight classes, we have fighters that are, you know, world-class fighters. Some of them ranked in the top 10. I believe that uh, we have some of the best fighters in the world. We have the best 205 pound weight division, arguably the best 145 pound weight class and the 135. I mean, you know, we're, we're, uh, I think we're doing a good job building our talent and uh, and then, you know, sprinkling in a few agents. I mean, we just signed Rumble Johnson. That's, you know, that's something that I think is going to be a great addition to our 205 pound weight class. Now we're going to mix it up and, you know, and, and put these guys into some great matchups, matchups that people want to see. I mean, they're, they're uh, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to having uh, AJ come in here and, uh, and, and start rumbling because I've always enjoyed his fighting style. He's not a guy that likes to lay and pray. He's going to bring it and, uh, People in that division, I know that they're taking notice, and uh, I hope they're ready. Gareth? A very good morning, Scott, from London. Um, Gareth A. Davis here. Um, the, the event looks fantastic uh, on Sky Sports. I agree with you, and obviously on the on the YouTube, uh, Bellator YouTube tonight. Um, you now have um, Pitbull at featherweight and lightweight, Douglas Lima at welterweight, Chris Cyborg at featherweight, Juju Velasquez at women's flyweight five Brazilians as champions. Is there a thought or has there been going into this event, if Juju won this, that it might be worth doing an event in Brazil at some point? You know, I'll tell you, Gareth, we have plans to go to Brazil. The thing that shut this whole thing down was the COVID when it hit. Um, you know, we uh, have strong following in Latin America and Brazil has a tremendous fan base of mixed martial arts uh, practitioners and fans. So we were looking forward to going. We were planning it. We were starting to build an infrastructure there. And then when COVID hit, you know, it just kind of stopped everything. So um, here we are almost a year later, right, which I never thought would take this long. But here we are a year, a year later. And, um, 
you know, I'll be, listen, I'll be happy when we go back to London and throw a fight or Dublin <laughs> and throw a fight. Uh, but uh, definitely plans to go to Brazil at some point. Um, we have a great TV partner there and, and uh, we'll do something special. And, and, and um, last question for me, because um, I know there's a lot of people queuing up to, to ask questions. Um, uh, the fly, uh, the, the tournaments have been so successful. This featherweight tournament for, um, for the men is, is just extraordinary and it, it's going to play out in the early part of next year. How about a women's tournament and how about at flyweight with this new champion leading the charge and, and the opportunity for Lima once the dust settles for maybe for her to win her belt back? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's something that we're going to discuss internally, but it's definitely a possibility. I've always liked, you know, the thought of having uh, a tournament for the ladies at 125. And uh, we just signed uh, the, you know, a big star in Japan. And we have Liz uh, Karmouche out there and we have a new champion. So there's a lot of movement in, uh, in our 125-pound weight class division. But um, I don't want to commit to that yet. That's something that we'll announce as our other tournament finishes. Giancarlo? Hi, Scott. Uh, just one question for me. Uh, you brought up there about Rumble Johnson, big signing. Uh, has he asked about uh, fighting anyone in particular, or has there been any fighter that has requested to welcome into Bellator? Um, you know what? Um, I had a short conversation with him yesterday. We didn't talk about any particular opponents, but um, you know, my understanding is that he's looking forward to fighting at 205 and then eventually at heavyweight if we would need him to. But I think our 205-pound weight class is the best in the world right now. And I think that uh, we have some great matchups for him there. And I, I'd like to uh, start him in that division. We'll take a couple more here, Keith. Hey, Scott, it's Keith Schiller from SureDog. Congratulations on another great event and happy holidays to you. You too, thank you. Thanks, Scott. Um, as I just said, it was a great event. The only negative that I saw on social media was a lot of people were complaining about the start time ending on a weekday at 1230 on the East Coast. I'm assuming that was just because Ali Malay was fighting and you're kind of trying to balance it with Hawaii. Is that correct? And, and should we get used to the earlier start times or, or, or is the latest start times going to be the norm? You know, and honestly, that was I had nothing to do with Alima um, McFarland and fighting in Hawaii. Basically, what it was, what it was, was that uh, CBS Sports Network had a football game uh, before our event. So they had something already scheduled and we wanted to go on this date. And so uh, we had to go after the game and that's kind of what pushed it back. But really it was a television scheduling issue, not a fighter uh, issue in Hawaii. I think it did work out for the fans in Hawaii because I think Alima went on about mm, seven o'clock or 6.45 in Hawaii. So they got to see it. And um, you know, this is, this, was, this is how the chips fell on, the, on this show. Yeah, this, it is what it is. My, my last question for you, Scott, this is your last event of 2020. Obviously, it's been such a tough year for the company, a tough year for everybody. How would, when you think back in 2020, how would you categorize the year um, for Bellator? You know, I'll tell you, um, I'm, I'm proud of my team. I'm proud of, you know, the, our, our, you know our, our whole company because this is not an easy task. This is not an easy ask. When you're asking your staff to stay, you know, inside this bubble for 30, 40, 50 days, you know, there, there was time here where some of our employees were here for that amount of time, not going home. Sometimes, you know, the staff would go home, but it was a, it was a tough year. This was a grind. This was really a, uh, uh, you know, really a test of character, I think, for 
uh, our staff and you know and the fighters and and uh, you know fighting in a closed environment like this without fans. Look, it is the new norm, but to me, I'm like I said earlier, I'm looking forward to getting back and uh, getting back to doing arena fights where we have fans, including here at the Mohegan Sun. We've always had a great attendance here, and I'm looking forward to having fans in the in the stands and and uh, you know it uh, it's just a different situation and you know economically these COVID tests are very expensive it's a uh, uh it's a commitment i think we had to date in the fights that we've done since july here at the mohegan sun building this bubble i think we've had 4800 tests uh COVID tests that were performed on either fighters production staff or our our bellator staff so it's uh it's quite a process i think it's a it's a very safe environment uh to do these events and that's why we're doing them, and, and protocol is number one. But um, it's been a grind, and uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, starting out in 2021, again, most likely in the bubble. But I do believe now with some of the breakthroughs and the vaccine, the different types of vaccines, uh, and eventually I think that, you know, the, the virus will eventually, you know, wean its way out, and uh, we'll be back to business as normal, hopefully sometime this year. Last question, Donna. Hey, Scott. Um, yeah, I, I think you're probably right about the vaccine. Uh, to go a little out of left field, there's a lot of talk about Dylan Danison potentially fighting uh, Jake Paul. Uh, I, I'm not sure how well-versed you are in this YouTuber boxing world, but Jake famously uh, likes to tell the media one thing and behind the scenes maybe do the other. And he, he he's, he's posted pictures of contracts that were not real. He's gone and sent people sheets of paper that say fight contract on them so that it looks like he's asking people to sign up. It's been two weeks now since his fight. What is the actual extent of the talks that Dylan Danis, yourself, Paradigm, are having with him about a potential boxing match? Well, I tell you, you know, that is a, a, a true story. And there is definitely a, a little bit of a, a bad, bad blood between those two guys. And it started, you know, I think years ago. Um, and I do remember there was a boxing fight that, that, um, that he was fighting at that, you know, we, Dylan and I were going to go. And uh, they basically told us that Dylan's not welcome there. And that he, you know, he, they were afraid that he might cause trouble or this and that. And, and I said, that's ridiculous. I mean, he's a professional athlete. It's not going to start trouble, you know. But anyway, uh, at the end of the day, he couldn't go. So, you know, I know there's a lot of trash talking back and forth. And I did meet with... Uh, um, you know, I think it was um, uh, Logan and his manager last year in Miami. We had a conversation about it. They're very interested, you know, and, you know, I was like, well, you guys should come to MMA and, and train in MMA. And I know that they're talented athletes. They do have a wrestling background. Logan's uh, wrapped up with Floyd Mayweather at the moment. Yeah, yeah, he's a little bit busy. But when he's done that, he can come fight Dylan Dennis in MMA is my, is my point. Why do they always have to go to boxing? You know, I mean. To me, it's like, look, maybe we can do one and one and make it even. But look, if if Dylan wants to fight him in boxing, uh, you know, we're not going to stand the way. We'll, we'll definitely let it happen, and 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 you know, that's going to be up to him. But um, you know, th those conversations are are ongoing, and they have been happening, and uh, we'll see what happens. All right, thanks for the time, Scott. Congratulations on another great event. Thank you.